0: Welcome to another episode of The Music Prophet, or today we're doing a quick promotion for uh, The Only Way to Call It is a -a one-of-a-kind show because the musician is T.R. Avery, and he is a spoken word poet, he's a beatboxer, he's written country music, rock albums, and then he'll suddenly just switch and get back into doing slam poetry about Pierre Trudeau. It's... you never know what you'll get, and... It's going to be interesting. So thanks for coming on, CR.
1: Yeah, there's just something about, um, you know, I like Dave Chappelle lying about, I just don't, I want to be on the right side of history. And that's just not on stage. That's in life.
0: Yeah, for sure. And especially with the way that, the way that the, the culture itself is starting to progress. We're getting into a, stage where we're, where people want to hear the real truth most of the time, right?
1: And that's different for every person in the early days of spoken word. You know, we'd be in these rooms, and, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Trudeau, but the, the friendship with Trudeau Sr. and Castro, I found very fascinating. And they had a line, there was a line that was said about them, they agreed to disagree. But there was respect between the two. But they didn't, you know, the views were very different. But they respected one another. And in the early days of spoken word, you know, everyone was speaking their truth. And everyone gave them the respect to listen. And, you know, and it was a beautiful moment to be able to be in that room. Not as much to speak, but to listen. And then, you know, it was a, it was a you we were allowed on the mic, and we had to have something to say, but, uh, yeah, I, I've been thinking about that lately, how lucky I was in that world. Definitely.
0: And especially the way that it it influenced your music as well, I feel like, too.
1: Humongously. Page Francis talks about that. But you know, he wasn't hanging out with rappers a little bit. But he's hanging out with spoken word people. I mean, I just did a show in St Catherine and a bunch of poets, you know, started off the show. And even when I tour with rock bands, I always have poets opening night because it really sets the right tone. Um yeah, so I and I think it's always there beating at me. But you know, same with anyone that was fourteen years old and how to do the right thing. Like, uh or you know, listen to Bob Dylan. I mean, that stuff stays with you just in regular life.
0: Is there something about that? Because that is a trend. You know, like does do, does it make a difference when you have a singer-songwriter opening a show instead of a spoken word poet? Or
2: it depends on uh, you know. I I think it's just one of those things. I just know lots of poets. Um, and there's a, you know, I, I think it could be like, you to have a great, I mean, if you're, I like, you know, if you're doing one thing, maybe don't have the, the beginning of the show be the same. Um, so if I was doing a whole meta spoken word, I may have a comedian or a folk singer or country singer, great country singer open up. Um, cause I like, I wish, I've been thinking about this lately, but just, you know, I think Johnny Carson had a, a thing to a degree you know but man we uh, i think ed sullivan had a bigger thing and i wish these talk show you know like acting actors pre-written questions about what they did on their summer holiday should die and go back to like the the cabaret where you'd have like a dancer a singer songwriter a comedian you know, like, those shows, I, I love that format. I wish it would come back. Because, uh, you know, those are the best nights out when I get a little bit of everything.
0: And that secret, like, I I remember as a, when I was younger, I, I used to watch the Ellen El, DeGeneres show, and it worked beautifully that way. She'd have such a mix of
2: talent. Who, who, what was the name, brother?
0: Ellen DeGeneres?
2: Yeah, but, you know, it's still a talk show. Like, Ellen's a stand-up. That's where she came from.
1: Mm -hmm. Imagine
2: if she didn't, you know, sit on the Lazy Boys and talk to someone, and comedians trying to, like, fit in their jokes. Like, imagine it was, like, Ellen, boom, comes out, does two minutes of stand-up, and then, ladies and gentlemen, Pearl Jam, boom, one song, and then, ladies and gentlemen, you know, please give it out for Dave Chappelle, boom, all right, and then so on and so forth, like... And then you get people that thought they didn't like rock and roll, or they don't like hip-hop, or they don't like stand-up, or they don't like ballet, all of a sudden being exposed to it. hmm. Anyways. But I'm, I think that's actually a good rock point, though,
0: right? Because that's that's something that I'm, I feel like you've had to deal with over the years, too. Isn't it?
2: I just get bored. I get bored easy. And I, I just always believe when it's good, it's good. Like, I mm. love country music. But I hate country music. You know what? It's you know everything stops when you hear that lyric that just goes oh. It's the same with hip hop. You know, some people that can't see the two correlating. I just I, I I don't get it. You know, one is songwriter and one is lyricist. You know, they're both. You know, and then the same thing with reading some old shit on a page or a new shit on a page. It's just gotta be good. I think what did Duke Ellington say? There's only good music and bad music.
0: Yeah, there's only two sides, right? There's no, there's nothing in between.
2: I heard a rapper from uh, Seattle. What is it? Oh, I, I don't know if I could paraphrase. Uh, I can't do it. Maybe it will come to me. It was a good line. It was on the same, same ocean.
0: What is your? Over the years, has that changed for you?
2: Oh yeah, it's. Uh, do you either make a music for the times or timeless music?
0: That would be a great line. It's completely accurate, too.
2: That's a good line. But sometimes they trick you. Like, I think when Lady Gaga came out, man, I I think Poker Face is going to live as long as, as uh, I'm so long so I can cry. I think it's a badass tune. You know, because mm-hmm. there's also smart hustlers. You know, a lot of people think Jay-Z is this pop rapper. And I was just like, man, he was doing all that you know, triple time and and uh, you know poetry for other poets when I mean, he seemed like when he was fifteen, he just wanted the bigger piece of the cake. And I respect that. I respect, you know, what Springsteen did and what John Pride did. Um, it just depends what you want, you know as far as a live show to be.
0: Yes, I guess almost in the way that Kanye West's graduation album Sort of set the tone for the next while, and took what the old musicians just were trying to pull off, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, Kanye is a is an interview in itself. Mm -hmm. But I just uh, his music blows my mind.
0: Who are some other artists that you find that you wish you could work with, or be, or or almost, or pretty much be?
2: You well, know, I mean that's a that's a slippery slope. I mean that could turn into a a film script. And uh, on the peripheral, I think it's kind of uh, it's interesting when you see the things that you didn't think would ever happen, like the whole Dave Chappelle and uh, uh, John Mayer. Like I would not have seen that coming, you know. Uh, and then it made me. Yeah. you know I'm gonna I think I maybe prejudged cause he's so good looking and and you just wanna hate his guts a little I don't know <laughs> but but uh yeah, man I heard uh, I heard a comedian talking about seeing those two live and he was like you know someone talking that just saw that last Leonard Cohen to or something I mean he was he he could just tell that it was a night of beauty um I, and I also I saw some cool shit it was uh
1: neil young
2: and uh and whaling and it was when neil you know he put out like i think it was he put out Rust never sleeps and he you know he said rock and roll will never die and then he just went full country and uh you know he had that like 80 year old fiddler in his band and like real deal cats and then like there he is up with whaling i'm like it's so badass so like I, I like collaborations i worked with a group called the sojourners and it kind of just happened through c b c where they were pairing up people and we toured you know all over together, recorded tons, and we became friends and uh you know just with my language sometimes, I don't think anyone thought that a gospel group would work with me, but they were they're still my friends. and we made some good art together I mean, I think I had fun with it. Anyway.
0: But you're also open-minded. It's just it's when any if anyone even just glances at what you've done artistically, it's pretty obvious that it's just all open to any concept, idea, sound.
2: Yeah, and maybe that could be my downfall. Like, I don't know if I have I have a you know a hip hop song recorded that is as good as Dead Trends. Or I don't know if I have a, a you know, a, an acoustic guitar song as good as Desolation Row, or a country song as good as uh, anything Hank Williams ever recorded. So I mean, maybe I should have, you know, honed in a little bit. Uh, but I, I just, it's not who I am.
0: Is, there, is that something that you think about when you make
2: music, though? Well, you can complain to the cows come home about, you know, the CDs don't sell anymore or, you know, you don't have the right manager or blah, blah, blah. I mean, can you play like Louis Armstrong? No, so shut the fuck up. Like, the talent is supreme. That is everything, and I think everyone is like doing their own booking and their own managing and their own social media, and that's just cutting down to people woodshedding, people working at their craft. Of course, you're always like, I remember my father, who is like uh, a highwayman. He built he built roads. He worked for the highways, and, and you know he grew up on a farm in the depression and the war, and uh, in the 80s he got a cassette player. And then there was that thing, play, record. And he heard his voice for the first time. And he's like, that's not me. And we're like, Dad, that's you. Like, that's us. And he was like, nah, I don't sound like that. And it kind of, like, freaked him out for a sec that that's what he sounded like. He never heard his voice. That's, you know, you, you're playing your song and then you actually hear it. and You go, God, that sucks. <laughs> <That's awful>. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder they're not like... Or other times, like, God damn. That's that's better than I thought. I heard this thing once that Jimi Hendrix was a, a guy that recorded so much, not to put it out, but to, to practice or to get better. He he was using that medium as a, as like a final, uh, you know, the final tool to get better. I think of that as spoken word. I, a lot of time, memorizing pieces is the, the best editor. You go, ah, man, this, I hate this chunk. I can't memorize it. And then you kind of go, ah, well, maybe I won't do it.
0: Right, anyway, and there is, that so. is a methodology in music too, where I've heard from, even on my show in the last 25, 30 episodes, that it's a common theme, that the more albums you release, it's just, it's practice. Like you play a gig, it might be 10 people, but you're just practicing for the bigger stage somewhere.
2: Now I don't know about that bullshit, to be honest, because I heard this great thing when I was really young, from the, somewhere in the jazz world, that if you're always practicing, like I'm going in my room and I'm practicing, what is how is that different than when you get on a stage? Are you mm. are you practicing then? Because sometimes I watch some jazz musicians and I think I listen to their solos and I'm like, are you practicing your scales in front of me? Like, what the hell are you doing? I'm bored. Um, I, there's got to be a thing where you're playing music, whether you're you know. In the room, or like playing Mattel, just the trees as your only audience, you know. Or if you're playing in front of ten people or a hundred thousand, it's just music. But some artists are taking those chances, you know. You you know, when it's just you, you're practicing that stride piano, which is tricky. But man, I watch some people live, and they're going for it, trying to do shit they never done before in front of an audience. Um. Whatever you know everyone
0: has what gets them inspired, yeah, man, that makes sense, uh, so we're gonna have to wrap it up quick, uh let's do it cool, uh, so thanks for coming on that was that was great, and I think it I'm excited well it's gonna be I think everyone's gonna be pretty excited because it's going to be you'll be at spacecraft on
1: tomorrow, Saturday man.
0: tomorrow, yeah. At, uh, yeah, at I'm, I'm, seven. So I'm stoked to see what you come up with, and I think that, like, especially what we chatted about today, the
2: musicality. And I'm also, and I'm also real excited, too, because we never really get into it, but, like, uh, as far as tours go, you know, it, it's hard to. The first couple shows, you're kind of doing your last act from your last tour, you know, because you know it works. But it's like once you're on tour for two or three weeks, that's when you're like really um, hitting your stride. So it's it's good. I've been on tour for a bit, so I'm real excited to get up there in Sudbury and, and rock and roll.
0: Yeah, and it's gonna be great. So, uh, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. It was a really good chat too.
2: And well, thanks for 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 doing your show, brother, and thanks for thinking of having me on.
0: Oh, absolutely, anytime. I mean, ever since ever since the. Uh... Northern Lights performance that Max brought you to, it's one of those things that Sudbury deserves to hear more of it, so.
2: Well, well, great, please spread the word in the social medias and everything, you know, the same thing, like, Max, he's taken a lot of gambles with artists uh, that maybe Sudbury or smaller uh, cities would not book, because, you know, they don't want to ruffle feathers, but he took a chance, and just like he took a chance to book me on Saturday, so. uh, It's like for country music, you know, like they're they're gonna do the cardboard bad rock with the violin, cheesy lyrics if it's selling, right? Mm -hmm. But then you have like when when Waylon and the boys showed up, they're like, shit, this is actually selling better. We have to we have to you know we have to give respect to this. You gotta acknowledge it, but they won't acknowledge it until you start selling more than than the the cardboard cutouts. So Max has taken the risk of booking me. I just want to make sure that it sells as well as two fiddles and a banjo from Nova Scotia, you know.
0: Yeah, and I guess we'll uh guess we'll find out tomorrow. So uh thanks for coming on and for everyone listening, uh thanks for tuning in and October 5th at uh, the Spacecraft, come out and see the show. It's going to be something that you don't want to miss.
2: Oh, and that's floated again. Mildly.
0: Yes. <laughs> Alright, awesome man. Thanks for the uh thanks for the chat. Appreciate All right, it. thanks
2: a Peace. Yeah, I'll see you uh see you tomorrow.